Gina, start the countdown. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 Terminator activated. We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Share the experience of Romantic Truth with friends on Google, CastBox, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Breakers, Apple, or any other podcast platform. Just type in Romantic Truth in the search and subscribe. Now, here is the host of Romantic Truth, Jowson. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Well, we have a treat today. Lady D will join us. Yes, she will, on this podcast. What we're going to talk about primarily is something that many of you ladies have written in about. Now, our main demographic is 35 to 44, and we also have 60 plus kicking up there, along with some of you folks that are in your 20s. As I said, this show covers all demographics when it comes to dating. Because at every stage in your life, priorities change when it comes to dating, relationships, lifestyle, lifestyle choices, those kind of things. We address all of those. Now, here's the thing. Many of you ladies from the emails that I've read are concerned about the transition. You get into your 40s, going into your 50s and 60s. And your role may change. You may be perceived differently. Some of you have lost your identity. You were mom. You baked cookies. You took care of the kids. Now they're growing older. And now you may be divorced and trying to get your footing and find out your sense of self. Do you need time to really think about these things? To kind of do a post-mortem on your past relationship? How are you preparing to go forward in your life? How do you perceive yourself at this point? What kind of person are you looking for for the future? Well, what I've done, I've interviewed Lady D in order to ask her some of these questions just to get One person's opinion on this that may be something that you guys could relate to in regards to it. Because, you know, you hear me all the time and I'm talking about different things about dating relationships and so forth. But this gives you a more tangible perspective on this with the person who has gone through it. Now, I want you to just sit back, relax and enjoy this interview and we'll have more guests and we'll have more fun as we go along with it now be forewarned Donna and I used to date years ago years ago but when I talk about establishing a friendship before we get to the relationship This is a prime example how the friendship has endured well past the relationship. And it's a good thing because sometimes you'll meet people 
along the way in life. Not everybody will be your friend that's in a relationship. Let's get that straight. But when you meet a person, and the person is a very good and genuine person, sometimes, believe it or not, you're better off as friends than you would be in a relationship. But some of us, when we go for relationships, what are we doing? We're going just for that. And if it doesn't work, oh, the person's no good, but throw the whole person away. We don't need them. A lot of us do that in our younger years. But when you're making wiser choices in the partners that you choose, guess what happens? The relationships may die. The friendships may sustain themselves. It just depends on the quality, not the quantity, of relationships that you have throughout your existence. So, without further ado, let's roll the tape. That's the security team barking in the background. Folks, I want to welcome you to another episode of Romantic Truth. And I'm here with Lady D out of Atlanta. And um, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? All right. You've been behaving? Of course. Love that. Of course I have. Love that. Love that. Sounds like magic to my ears. Now... From your opinion, I'm going to be asking you some questions in regards to dating relationships and everything. And before we get to that, folks, I just want you to know that this wonderful lady right here could have saved me. And yes, I'm going to bring it up. She could have saved me from a lot of bohunk women that I that I have had to go through now for years. <laughs> Look, folks, the only thing I wanted to do was just a hog tire just long enough to marry, just for her to say I do. After that, she could have gotten free. Because what has happened since Donna and I used to date a while back years ago? Here's the thing I have been exposed to every kind of miscreant, reprobate, unscrupulous individual, and it's all her fault. Because had she went ahead and dated me and married me, we could have gone and it, we could have skipped together to the sound of we're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. But no, now I'm just giving you a hard time, Donna. But she's really a wonderful person, and I I love her to death. I had to get you back. I had to get you back on that. Of course, I had to get you back on. You're done, right? You're done, right? Look, I didn't say nothing about that episode in Sears that day on Walmart, so don't get me started. We're going to leave Folks, Every time I would go out with her somewhere, I don't care where it was, we could go to karaoke, didn't matter. She always made something happen. I could go there by myself, nothing would happen. With her there, oh, it just happened. 
Oh my god. You know what I'm talking about. That was, <laughs> that was not me. That was all you. Look, I didn't make the guy go up there and sing me and Mrs. Jones and we didn't know that he didn't have any teeth. That that was you. <laughs> he got up there to sing me and Mrs. Jones and when he went to sing, because they gave him this long intro, I mean, it was like five bars long. And he got up there and he said, me and methadone, methadone, methadone. And we were like methadone, <laughs> but he was saying Mrs. Jones, but he couldn't get it out because he didn't have any teeth. We didn't know what was wrong with the man. Oh my. <laughs> Only experiences when I'm around her. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> but Donna, you're a great sport. <laughs> I had to razz you a little bit. Now, my dear, <laughs> I got to ask you some questions because you have a very well rounded view of things, especially when it comes to dating. Now, the majority of my audience is like uh, there are females that are in there anywhere from 35 to 44. And a lot of them may have some difficulties when it comes down to things such as dating after divorce, that kind of thing. What are some of the things that you would kind of give them some insights on in regards to that? Because as a man, I can't really explain it because I'm not a woman that's been divorced. Well, I would I would say because I've I've been through it through um, divorce twice. I would say uh, don't jump into the next relationship. Give yourself time to, um, you know, digest what you've gone through. You know, and um, just give yourself some time. You know, and I do know women that do they jump from one relationship to another without taking that time for themselves which I feel is very important and you know sometimes you need to you know it may it may take six months you know it may take longer or whatever you you need to make sure you you have that time for yourself don't be so quick to jump into relationship another relationship because you're you're carrying if you still have that baggage that you need to settle within yourself versus, you know, carrying it into another relationship. So um, I would just encourage, uh-huh. you, encourage the ladies to just give themselves time, get to know themselves again, depending on what they've gone through, you know, just give themselves time to, like I said, digest what they've gone through, whatever transition, you know, mentally they need to take, you know, just do that, you know, and I think you would be better for it, you know. Uh-huh. So when the next... Now- person comes through the next guy comes through you're you're more ready you're more equipped you know well understood and and would you is is there some sort of timeline or time limit or is it kind of depending on the person when it comes down to that i think it depends on it depends on the person and you know the situation that they've gone through uh for me i gave myself you know um i gave myself like a year you know, for, for this is just mm-hmm. me. I gave myself the year, right, right. You know, um, just to like, you know, get to know myself, learn what I like again. You know, you know, because you get in relationships and you you seem to forget yourself because you're with that person, right? And you're doing, you know, everything for them or you're doing things with them, and so you do forget yourself. So I just took that time to 
you know, go back, think about me, you know, what I enjoy doing most, you know, what makes me happy, you know, and just, and just do those things. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Now, after you've gone through that and you have uh, kind of assessed what you may need in the future, when it comes down to your standards, how do you set those? How do you measure those? Are they like higher than they were before when you first uh, got into the relationship or are they about close to the same? Because what I'm getting at, go, no, uh, no, uh, oh, no, I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off. The only thing I'm saying is I've noticed that a lot of women are into hypergamy where, for instance, if they get hurt, sometimes they may raise the bar and sometimes they raise it too high. And I was wondering, like, how do you measure that for yourself? Like when you, when you came out of it, how did you do that? How did I do it? Oh, that's a good one. Because I, I just, I would say, well, I went through this. I've seen this before. You know, I've seen this before. And um, I just, I just kind of like set my, my bar a little high because I know what I've gone through. I don't want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I try to, you know, watch out for that kind of thing that I've gone through before, but yet I still want to give the guy a chance, you know, to be himself and, you know, to, you know, like, I don't want to say prove himself, but just give him a chance to be him as well. You know, I know faults, but, you know, for me, like the, the last guy that I dated, you know, I... You know, I knew I knew him from a time before, and so mm-hmm. you know, I dated him briefly. And there were things that were coming out that I had seen in his personality that I remembered from from just being around him, and seemed like it just to me it right. seemed like it just got got worse. You know, oh my and goodness! So wow. I was like, well, I've seen this before. I'm I'm not going to do this you know and right. I, I, I just you know end up telling the guy I'm like you know there are things about you that I don't that I see that I really don't like and I just want to you know walk mm-hmm. away you know and you know he was upset you know I said well I just want somebody to love me and I'm like yeah but you know if I'm telling you and I'm sure others have and there's we're all seeing the same thing about you seem like to me you would want to go in inside and fix that but again, right. he didn't think anything was wrong you know and mm-hmm. I was like it's a lot wrong because you know you're asking me to deal with something that I really don't want to deal with you know so it was right. better that I walk away you know his feelings was hurt true enough but I'm like I'm, I'm at an age where I don't want to go through that you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, I'm at an age right. where I don't want to go through that. I've been through that several, you know, twice already. I don't want to go through that again. And I don't want, you know, I, I don't know what he was expecting. I, he was more or less seen like to me on a narcissistic, narcissistic level, you know, that, you know, right. narcissistic. Yeah, yeah. He was on that kind mm-hmm. of level. And I was like, I'm not trying to do that, you know, cause I'm not going to change just to please you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, that. right. You know. Now, now, okay. what, I'm sorry to cut you off. One question I want to ask you also here is uh, when it comes down to, 
a situation where you now are, you know, equipped with the information from your past dating experiences and relationships. How would you say your tolerance or your temperance is as far as it now? Like, uh, is it more where you're more decisive than you were when you were younger? For instance, when it comes down to yay for him, no for him, you know, that kind of thing. I would, you know what, <laughs> I would have to say my, um, my tolerance is low because mm-hmm. of, like I said, because of experiences that I've, that I've gone through that right. I see it and it's like, it's an absolute no, I'm not going to be bothered with it. I'm done, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. I, I would have to say it's, it's low as I've gotten older. Cause I just don't, I just don't have time for the BS. <laughs> I just, right, right, right. And that's one of the things that I was trying to convey to the audience as well, because like usually women, when they get 40 plus, they are, it's serious, it's game time then, you know, it's no more of this, you know, trying to go and trying to appease, uh, being inconvenienced in order to to please someone else. You know, you got to let your hair down and be who you are. Now, going back just a second here, before you were to take us before you got into a relationship did you notice a change in from where you were before you got into it and make that comparison like doing your post-mortem after you got out of it did you see the change in yourself uh like through that transition from the beginning to where you were when you ended it uh yeah uh, after I'd gone through it, you know, I just felt there was a little more maturity on myself, mm-hmm. myself. And like I said, I just felt like I, I've gone through a lot and I recognize the signs. And so I just don't allow myself to get too, too caught up in it. You know, whatever, like I can, uh, I go back to the guy that I last dated and I just, you know, there were things that I mm-hmm. saw and even, I even tried to give him a chance, you know, and try to talk to him about it. And like I said, mm-hmm. he just wasn't hearing it. You know, he just like what he was right. doing was fine. And, you know, it's all, all me. And he doesn't, you know, take accountability for the things he do or say, you know, and I hey, like Teflon. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, I'm not going to live my, the rest of my life. I'm in my 60s and I'm not going to live mm-hmm. the the time that I have left dealing with some nonsense like that. So, and like I said, mm-hmm. he just, he just didn't get it. He just didn't understand it. So, and if I tell him, you know, and I told him and I told him and he still wasn't hearing me, it was like game over. I'm done. I'm, you know, I'm walking right. away because I just, I don't, I don't feel like I have to keep telling or raised, you know, trying to raise a grown man. I got two sons. I, I did my my raising, right? So I don't need to, you know, try to raise him to, you know. I just, I just don't have time for that. I just, well, I just don't. I don't and I don't want to right. that. <laughs> I, I, now one question I also want to ask you is this. Now, one thing that uh, I've come to deal with uh, from some of the emails that I get in from some of the listeners. Uh, A lot of the women Uh are kind of like shunning the older guys now. Like for instance, a woman in her 60s, for instance, like yourself, they would not look at a guy maybe in his 70s or 80s so much. 
some of them are looking down line for these younger men, like in their 30s, 40s, 50s. Do you think that that is a healthy thing overall, or do you think it's something that people do just to cope with not necessarily being alone? For me, uh, James, I personally don't feel like I have anything in common with anybody that's, you know, in their 30s. You know, I don't, I mean, because my kids are in their 30s, so I don't think Mm -hmm. I have anything in common with them or even in their 40s. You know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to go below my age, it would probably be somebody like in their 50s because I feel like I would have more Mm -hmm. Um, more in common with them versus someone younger than that. But you know, everybody's right. different. You know, they they like that mm-hmm. young that young man, and you know, and you and you know, you've got young men out there that prefer older women. You know, so you know, if if they mm-hmm. you know if they feel like they've got something in common and they want to go for it, you know, absolutely, you know, go for it. You know, but for me, that it just right. doesn't work for me because I just don't feel like I have anything in common with them. You know, they, mm-hmm. you know, I just don't. I just prefer, you know, you know, someone person, you know, closer to my own age. And you know, I'm I'm a homebody. You know, so I just you know want someone you know that's on that level. <laughs> I mean, we right. go out right. and, you know, and do things, but mainly, you know, we're we're homebody people. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, in your 60s, do you feel as though at this point in your life, you have more or less simplified your life now as opposed to maybe earlier when you were younger? I mean, you know, when we're younger, we have job, we have careers, we have all of these other things, family and everything. But now, do you feel as though you're getting more to the practical side of life for yourself? Yeah. I, I do, you know, because I, I like being simple and easy. You know, I don't want a whole lot of turmoil, you know. Um, I just, you know, I just, just want to just have a nice, quiet, <laughs> a nice, quiet life, you know. Like I said, mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with a whole lot of turmoil. I don't want to be fussing and fighting and scratching and cussing. You know, I don't want to go through all that. I've been through that. And I just, right. you know, I don't want to mm-hmm. go through that, you know. And if, if it means mm-hmm. that I, I can't find anyone, you know, like that, then I, I'm, I'm good in being by myself. I can entertain myself, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. I'm good, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Now, going forward, what are some of the qualities that you look for in a man? Uh, for me, he has to be um, kind, you know compassionate generous um he you know he just has to you know he has to you know enjoy you know love life you know and just enjoying just doing simple things you know going to the movies you know just going out to dinner you know doing uh day you know day travel you know um just 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 things you know just you know just simple things you know that's that's what i I like to do it and I hope he would like to do that as well. I mean, we would share interests, you know, definitely we have our own interests mm-hmm. and we would share our interests, you know, but I just, I'm just like a said, I'm just kind of like a homebody now. I just don't, I don't run the streets, you know, that, that back in the day, you know, right. uh, 
um, I'm more or less, you know, home, you know, and just prefer to just right. have a quiet evening at home, glass of wine, and call it a night, you know. So. No, what you mean, sir? Glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> she has wine, and I have beer. Now, that's, that's all, I don't do that other stuff anymore. I don't do the hard drinking anymore. Yeah. Now, another question I want to ask you, Donna, is this. Um, now, at this stage in your life, how much is money a concern to you when it comes down to your partner? Is it because you hear a lot of talk about women wanting a high value man, which translates into a guy that's making six figures. And I broke it down on another uh, podcast showing where only 20% of the population that filed taxes for the last five years made 100000 plus a year. So the majority of people, that 80%, are making below the $100,000 mark. Is that something that is uh, important to you? Uh, no, that's never really been important to me. Um, I, I, I've never, never felt like I wanted somebody, you know, that made six figures. I hear women all the time. He's got to have money and he's got to have good credit and good teeth and, you know, hateful of hair and <laughs> all this. But I, I more or less, I just look at the person you know what's on the inside. You know what I'm saying. That's that's mm-hmm. what's important to me. You know how that person, how his heart is, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, far as you know, money. I'm like I was working. I I I made okay. You know, and mm-hmm. you know, so you know, you got money. He got money. You put it all together. You know, you got a lot of money. <laughs> you know, and you just mm-hmm. decide. You know mm-hmm. where you want to put that money. You know, and, right, uh, right. That that's that's that that's you know I that's what I've had to learn you know in my adult life you know it's not just me but it's us yeah. you know or it's just right me, right you know so like mm-hmm. you know he has a job I have a job we put that money together and you just you see you got a lot of money and you know you, you mm-hmm. know you have your obligations and so you make sure you honor those obligations. Mm-hmm. So, but no money from. I mean, I it, you know it's good. Money is good, but it's not uh, important for me. Right, right, know? right. Now I'm going to ask you a question here that some of our listeners have written in about, and particularly some of the ladies who are now becoming grandmothers. And one thing that uh, comes up is, you know, when you get to that point where you know, you were mom and you had to come out of that role because your kids were getting grown. And, you know, some women have a sense of loss as far as identity after they, you know, have their children grown and they're on with their lives. How did you handle that as far as making that transition to coming back to who you were like before you even married? You know what I mean? Like where you... Mm-hmm. It wasn't a hard transition for me because I know that I did everything I knew to do to raise Uh my kids and I wanted to make sure they had a good foundation, Uh you know, and Uh so now, you know, um, I enjoy them, you know, because they're, you know, they're, you know, in their 30s, 
you know, so mm-hmm. I, I enjoy mm-hmm. them. But, I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoy them as kids too. But now that they're adults, right. it's, it's, it's more fun because we can have actual adult conversations. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can talk. Right, you know? right, and, right. Uh, and it's like I don't have to like. Oh, I, I don't have to. Uh, you know, with kids, you have to be mindful of the words that you use and the things that right. you say. You know, and I can, you know, voice my opinion, and you know, they can voice their opinion, and we just, you know, we laugh about it. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about stuff, and we laugh about it. Um, I can remember. When my son, my youngest son, well, I took him on a cruise for his birthday, and it was just, it was just so much fun just watching him because you know, mm-hmm. he was my baby, and he still is, mm-hmm. but he right. was my baby. But to see him in, in an adult fashion, and you know, we're sitting there and we're laughing and we're talking, you know, and he was amazed, you know, mm-hmm. you know that I could party. And I was amazed that that he was the, you know, um, uh, what do I want to call him? Um, ah, I can't think what I want to call him. But anyway, he he was, you know, uh, a social butterfly. That's what I'm mm-hmm. sure. And he was the social butterfly. Everybody, you know, that ran into, that met him, they were like, clinging you know what i'm saying they mm-hmm. you know they wanted mm-hmm. him to be with them you know and he's got all right. these different groups on the ship you know everybody wanted him to be with them you know <laughs> and it's like mm-hmm. he can't be with everybody you know so i just tell myself just be careful you know just just be careful and you know i know you i know you're the social butterfly but be careful <laughs> you know right but, right well that, that that makes sense about uh, what i was really looking at as well as far as you and your transition yes like mm-hmm. afterwards uh, what i'm talking about is some women uh that have written in they they had a sense of displacement after you know like okay they're mom but the kids are grown and now they're at a point where they have a loss of identity because they were always mom, and now they are in this world where they're starting over again. Maybe starting relationships again. It's like you know you're trying. You're on your second birth, trying to kind of figure out. Okay, how do I start again? Were you ever at that point? I got you there. I after I um, got divorced the second time. I'd like mm-hmm. to say I took that time for myself. Even right. though I was mom, I think I still worked at, I've still found my my identity. You know, it, I don't even feel like it took me very okay. long to find it. But I had my mm-hmm. identity, you know, and like I said, I still, you know, I, you know, not like picked up, but I just found new interest, you know, right. because of the fact that, you know, those things that I did before, you know, partying, well, that was not, you know, that I didn't want to pick back up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just, just finding mm-hmm. new interest and different things to do, you know, which gave me, mm-hmm. you know, my, I felt like gave me my identity back. Yeah. Now, audience, just for you to know, this lady can sing in ways that you haven't imagined. <laughs> we used to go out to karaoke and she'd shut the, shut the place down. She's good at that. Very good. Now, um, <laughs> well, it's true. 
and, and here's the thing. Um, you're a remarkable person. You have uh, definitely endured and hung in there. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud to know you. Thank you. Even though you let me, even though you let me wind up with these bullhump women, that's all right. because <laughs> 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 see, I, <laughs> I should blame, shame, and guilt you right now. As a matter of fact, let me do that. You ought to be shaming yourself for letting no, me get with those women. I think you've done. It. <laughs> I think you've done. It. <laughs> I'm blaming you. <laughs> For every setback that I had, including that lady that asked me to pay her rent. Oh my God. And oh. I want you to feel guilty because you have left a broken man. <laughs> you have left a broken man destitute emotionally. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Donna, you are hilarious. Now, a question I want to ask you as well. When you actually, because you seem to be very peaceful now, very peaceful person, always been as far as I've known you. And folks, by the way, our history goes back to 2005. I met Donna when I was working at FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Agency. And during that time, uh, we were dealing with Hurricane Katrina. And it was more like a family environment with all the people there trying to help everybody through the tragedy and everything. I worked in IT and Donna worked as a supervisor with uh, the people that were on the phones. Now, question I want to ask you, though, is this. Now you're in Atlanta, a new town mm -hmm. compared to California. You know how that goes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. So in this environment, how are you thinking about approaching it? Like more or less like uh, on a slower, you know, like uh, I'm going to go and just see what this is about. That's about kind of thing. Or is it a situation where you're just going to go to all the tourist uh, type of events and that kind of thing? Well, Trying to get initiated uh, to a new city. Um, I'm, I'm gradually doing that. I'm slowly doing that. Um, but mainly I just, I just, I just want to, um, uh, get to know the city, you know, and that mm -hmm. does mean, you know, going to different events, you know, um, trying out different things. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to find a karaoke spot. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't I haven't found the place yet, but um, but yeah, I just you know I'm just oh, I'm just open to to the experience of being here. Um, I don't have any mm -hmm. you know um, pre preconceived notions about the city. You know, I'm just, I'm here and mm -hmm. I just want to you know um, absorb you know the 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 culture the the um, the people, you know, and I've seemed like I've met some nice people so far, you know, and, uh, oh, that's great. but, uh, you know, but mainly my daughter, she takes me out and she, you know, 
mom, this is this. The little mini me. <laughs> she takes me out, you know, and uh, <laughs> and me around and stuff, and and it's it's cool, you know. And I'm, you know, I like I I think I mentioned to you, I I I like the city uh, of it, mm-hmm. and uh, I I just didn't realize how you know how green it is, you know, mm-hmm. and because it does receive you know get a lot of rain, which is nice, mm-hmm. and. But you know, virtually, you know, basically, I should say that the city is pretty clean. You don't see a whole lot of trash, and, you know, uh, which is mm-hmm. which is always nice. So, oh yeah. But um, I'm ex- I, I'm excited about being here, and like I said, I'm just I'm looking forward to, you know, becoming more a part of of Atlanta. So, and I'll I'll get mm-hmm. out there and and see what I can get into. <laughs> Now, I want to tell you now, if you go to a karaoke establishment and the chip bandit shows up, there's a problem. Oh my God, he's going to have to come like 2,000 miles to get here, but it it might be another one like that. (laughs) Folks, just as a point of reference, uh, this is an inside joke. The chip bandit was this guy that used to always come to some of the events, the karaoke events. And I want you to imagine a guy wearing a bomber jacket, a wife beater t-shirt, short pants, wool socks, and what was those things, cogs that he would wear? Those cogs, those kind of funny shoes. Yeah, yeah. And he would just come in and eat the chips and think he could sing. But, you know, you have all kinds of folks out there. But, yeah, Donna, it's been very enlightening. And um, I really appreciate your participation here. And it's been a pleasure having you on the show, my dear. And I hope to have you on in the future as well, because I know your schedule is going to be busy because after all, you know, you're the light of the party. (laughs) Well, I will always have time for you, James. You know that. I will always have time. But you didn't say that at a time when you got your your pedicure at Walmart and I stepped on the back of your shoe. I could not believe you actually did that. But oh I, I didn't expect to shoot a my little flimsy thongs. And they and they cut in half at the, when the man said, "Ma'am, here's the rest of your shoe." It was hilarious. Oh my god! It oh was. God. It was. I was so embarrassed. Oh, the people were laughing. I went to throw the shoe away and just kind of like walk barefooted. <laughs> And by the trash can, just cracking up. And she said, I'm sorry, but it was so funny. I said, I know. I It was always something. When we were in Sears that day, I tried to go over there to the shoe, that shoe department. And I was going to go because I had a little gas. And it was silent at first. Oh, my God. There was no gas. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a little gas. <laughs> Oh my God, that lady gave, I mean, she, she gave you some daggers. Oh my goodness. If she could have gotten out of a wheelchair, she probably would have beat you with one. Oh well, I, didn't, oh I didn't know it was going to be that loud. Look, <laughs> it started out as a quiet solo. You know, like when Wendy Houston, when Wendy Houston starts out when she sings, I always love you. She starts out, and I, see, it was going to be like that. I did it just hit that crescendo for no reason at all. And that's when things went left. <laughs> James had the nurse said, what was that? <laughs> Who did that? <laughs> and the lady just looked at you. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my gosh, she would have, oh, she could have gotten out of that wheelchair. I said, Deja, you would have been on the floor. <laughs> Life's most embarrassing moment. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, Donna, it was a pleasure definitely to interview, my dear. And oh, doors always you. open for an interview. So you don't even have to knock. You can just come on in. I'll give you a key. folks she's a wonderful person I've known Donna for many years and she's been a very good friend and when I use the word friend and talk about it on the podcast this is an example of what I'm talking about someone that is really someone I admire someone I've learned from someone I've grown with and I thank you Donna for being on the show well, you're welcome, and thank you for the invite. No problem at all. Oh, Folks, we got, we got a little bit more coming up after this, so stay tuned. Well, what we try to do here is to address some of the issues that you write in about. And sometimes you may not like the suggestion. There are a lot of you that actually will need to go and take your relationships in for a tune-up with a therapist or with a family counselor or a marriage counselor. Because there are some things that an opinion, even advice from the best dating coach, guru, or whatever the hell you want to go to, they can't give you. Because, see, you have to do the work. And any good therapist will tell you that's a requirement. That's a prerequisite. They're not going to sit there and do the work for you for your relationship to save your relationship. That's not their job. Their job is to show you and position you in places where you can do the work to get it done. You know, a football coach doesn't go out there and play the play. He talks to the quarterback and tells him, this is what you need to do or her. But you're going to have the WNFL pretty soon. So we have to look at it in a more practical sense. I know some of you would like to ask your girlfriends, ask your neighbors, your friends, your church, your pastor, and all the rest of these other folks. But it still comes down to you having to do the work. See, that was one thing I had to realize for many years. Because like many of you, I thought that, oh, there's a magic bullet somewhere. I'll just go and see if I can find that magic bullet and that's going to fix everything. It doesn't. You know, as I told you, when I was a young kid, around eight or nine years of age, I'd hang around college campuses. Well, really earlier than that. And I hung around the college campuses because my mom worked at them. Tougaloo College, Jackson State University, back in the day. I'd go on campus and I would see a person reading a book, for instance, a chemistry book. And of course, I didn't know anything about chemistry. I was a kid. But I saw the book cover and I'd see the lady and she'd be so beautiful. And what I would do is go around the campus until I found another guy that was sitting on a bench somewhere on the campus who had the same kind of book cover. And then I'd walk over to him and say, Sir, I know a lady that has a book just like yours, 
But what I would do first before coming to him, I would ask the lady if it was okay if I found her somebody that had a book like hers. And of course, she'd say, little boy, okay, whatever. And she would think that I would kind of be joking around with her. Well, I would go across campus and find a guy that had the same kind of book cover. And I'll say, sir, there's a lady that has a book just like you, and she's sitting on the steps of the cafeteria. And she told me it was okay for you to come over there. Now, if you give me a dollar, I'll show you where she is. Hey, look at me, little boy. Okay, here you go. And they give me four quarters. Sometimes they try to think you can't count, and they'll give you three. And then I'd go and lead him over there. And he gets over there with her. They start talking. Well, eventually, three of the people that I did this with, three couples I did this with, actually got married later on. And I thought that was kind of cool. Seeing them walk around campus arm in arm and hugging. And then I said, you know, that's kind of interesting. And as I grew, I was fixated on the dynamic of people being together. As to why. I used to examine my mom and dad's marriage. They were 40 years apart. My dad was 65. She was 22 when they married. And they treated each other with respect, love, harmony. And sometimes dad would talk about things that (laughs) mom couldn't relate to. Dad was born in 1897. There were things that he would talk about and we sit there and look at him like, huh? Because it was a wealth of history. The human dynamic is very important. And I'm telling you folks, when it comes to living, people will actually make you feel better as you establish and build sustainable relationships and friendships throughout your existence. You know how we have that therapy now where people are rubbing pets in order to feel more relaxed, more at ease. What if those pets weren't here? We would have to interact with other humans more than likely, wouldn't we? But see, we isolate ourselves with animals that have the intellectual capacity of a two-year-old, according to Pavlovian theory. So what that means for us is that sometimes we need to look at some of the real capabilities that we do have that we're let sitting around and gather rust. See, with this technology, what's done is made it very convenient for us to communicate with each other in a way that's really indirect and impersonal. And so what happens with that when we text when we send emojis, it really can't convey how we feel as humans. It's a representation of people in IT that decided that they were going to just, okay, these emojis will work to express this. But you can't hear the person say things. 
You can't hear them laugh. You don't have the interaction. So what I'm getting at is this. Technology is good. It's just like money. It's a tool. But the thing you have to realize is not a lifestyle. The human interaction is very important. Don't allow yourself to just get on a diet of technology. Because you see some things happen that really shouldn't. And what I mean by this, uh, there was a guy on television the other night on one of the shows, on a news show. And this kid was heartbroken. He was like 16 or so. A woman he's never met that he had been online with for three months told him it was over. He's never spoken to this woman. He's never chatted with her, video chatted, but he's chatted on the uh, the platform they had. Someone he's never met. And his parents were really concerned about this. Tore him up for a long time. They said it took about a month for him to really get to a point where he stopped crying. He started back eating. He started back going through his normal routine as a kid. But for about a month, he was in bad shape. Parents didn't know why his attitude had changed. Didn't know why he was so angry. And far as they knew, they didn't even know who the hell was on the other end of that connection. But this person led him on. It could have been a scammer. It could have been somebody older than they were. You don't know. And what happens, unfortunately, we get too caught up into investing our emotions in something that we are not really knowledgeable of. That's the reason why I tell you, when it comes down to, and I'm not telling you this because I'm 60, I worked in the IT field well before they came up with all of this nice stuff that you can point, click, and swipe with. And we were told as we were learning the technologies, remember, it's a tool. It's not a lifestyle. Throughout my years, I saw a lot of guys get fired for playing games at work because they become so consumed in that environment that they forget about the reality of what they were doing. These guys were supposed to develop software. They're out there playing the games. It would be the equivalent of you being in a bakery store, working, eating the donuts as they manufactured them. And this is what was happening. And what will happen is it will steal your life away. There have been people that have divorced over video gaming. There have been people that have broken up because of that. There have been people that have broken up relationships over a virtual girlfriend, which is not even real. So we have to put some bearing and some perspective on it. Now, I know there are a lot of people out there 
who want to have that interaction with someone. Who does not want to be alone. They don't want to be destitute. I get it. But sometimes you do yourself a disservice when you just go and take your idle time and waste it away with an idle situation. It's not worth it. I told you about the email I got from the guy that was in Washington State. Flew out to Maine to meet this woman. They had been chatting for four years. He'd been sending her Amazon gifts and all the rest of that. He gets to Maine. She doesn't even want to meet him. Here's why she didn't want to meet him. She was a mother of four and married. And that was just a pastime for her because she and her husband were having issues. She never let this man know she was married, never let him know, let him know that she had children. And he let her know that he had flown out there to see her and got the hotel room. And of course, radio silence. And then when he got back to Washington State, he complained to her about it. And she told him, that was your fault. I didn't ask you to come out here. I'm happily married with my husband and my four kids. So she wrote, but not what he had revealed in some of her text messages. She wasn't happy. But she wasn't going to go to that step of jeopardizing what she had for his sake. The moral of this is don't lose your human touch because when you've lost that, I'm going to tell you, you're going to be alienated. It's going to be awkward and you will never be the same person because what happens is we're talking about having these problems now with these teenagers who are going through body issues and things like that and image issues because Let's face it, the parents are very permissive and they're letting these kids stay online. And you don't necessarily have to have an authoritarian authoritarian approach to it where you're saying, oh, you don't go online until sundown or something like that or sunup. But what I am saying is this. I'm telling you now, these tech companies are going to get tired of taking care of every little thing, every little complaint that you have about something that's going to impact your child. And they're going to say, wait a minute, when are the parents going to grow up? We've already done all we could do. We put in the safeguards. That's where they're trying to go with this. And eventually they're going to tell the parents to go to hell because they've done all they can in order to try to protect that overly permissive parent. We're in a generation now where it's everybody else's fault but the parents. You see this a lot. And these kids are going to grow up to be adults and how they're going to function in society. And you got to ask yourself, how are they going to treat you after you get older? Would they be so entitled growing up where you would be an inconvenience as an elderly parent or in their way. The 
because you've created that environment for them. Or they just go slap your ass in a nursing home and be done with it. Forget about you. That interpersonal touch is going to be very important. Don't let yourself get too alienated. Isolation is a bad thing. Unless you're very happy and content with who you are. I thank you folks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Or you can leave us a message at Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at RomanticTruthPodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.